0: Well, the Tampa Bay Bucks made their cuts. Matt Gay and Dare Agumboale, they're gone. And they have an agreement with quarterback Josh Rosen, who was cut by the Dolphins, to play on their practice squad. It will be the Bolts and the Islanders in the NHL Eastern Conference Final. We'll give you the latest on Steven Stamkos and Nikita Kucherov. And the Rays need extras to take the series against Miami. They now own a -a five-and-a-half game lead over the Blue Jays. The Yankees are next, six and a half games back. We've got all of that and more on this Labor Day edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. and Steve. It was a, it was a kind of a long weekend um, in the NFL. Of course, this is when all the cuts went down. They started actually on uh, on Friday after we uh, we got off the podcast, and um, you know some surprises. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say a lot of them. I mean we talked about matt gay and and Daria gombawali um you know going going by the by the wayside here and and it's it's just unbelievable to me I, what has this been like i want to say eight or nine years in a row where the bucks have started with a different kicker than the one they had the year before i mean that's that that's an incredible record man of just wow. Yeah, of just few, I mean, I mean, some of them have kicked here more than once. You know, like um, Connor Barth, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as like you come out of training camp, and your kicker is somebody different than the guy that you finished the previous or the, oh. that you, you that you started the previous season with. And not to I belabor mean,
1: the point, but two of them have been draft picks.
0: Exactly right. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Ab- 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 Roberto Aguayo in the second rounder, and Matt Gay the fifth rounder. You know, in the end, and I, I mean, you, you kind of. It, this this was inevitable right is that with everything that's at stake this season and i mean there's mm-hmm. something at stake every year but i mean clearly when you're when you're dealing with tom brady and it's it's his you know his last dance as we talked about short window whatever you want to say um there's just very little margin of error and if there's any hesitation at all i mean they're going to try to get somebody who's proven over over somebody who's not. And, and I mean, to some degree, that's the case with Daria Gumbowale, who was a terrific special teams player, could do some things on third down, but they had a chance to to sign and they did sign Leonard Fournette. And so he became the odd man out there.
1: Yeah, I mean we've documented this. Look, this is a this is a win now mode. This is we're, you know, putting all the chips on the table. We signed Tom Brady, we went out and got Gronkowski. Now we've signed Shady McCoy, we've signed Leonard Fournette. This is a – we went and, and Matt Gay wasn't, wasn't doing well enough in practice, so let's go get Ryan Suckup. Mm-hmm. This is a win-now mode. This is – we don't have time to groom players, grow players. This is now. And, and if right. you're not producing now, then it, it, they, they, this, is, this isn't about – look, as Bucks fans, you're used to for years of, you know, well, we'll be good this year, but it's really about next year, the year after, and it's always the future. The future is now for the Bucks, and, and they're putting their chips on the table, and we'll see how it plays out.
0: Yeah, they really are. And, you know, as far as the cuts go, most of those guys uh, that were cut over the weekend, or a good number of them, were re-signed to the practice squad. And you can have sort of an expanded practice squad this year, um, and we can talk about that here in a second. But basically the guys who, who they brought back um, they, that they had cut, they signed nearly all of them, offensive guard Zach Bailey, um Dakota Dixon, their safety from Wisconsin. Uh, uh Cyril Grayson, who's a really a track guy, wide receiver, um, a safety J- uh, Javon Hagen, Tanner Hudson, the tight end that was on this team last year. He came back to the practice squad, Jeremiah Ledbetter, you know that name. Uh Nick Leverett, Herb Miller, Josh Pearson, um, uh, you know, right down the line. Uh, their draft picks, uh, Chappelle Russell, the center, Zach. Uh, Shackelford and then USF's uh, Mazzy Wilkins and, and Reed Senate, who is a quarterback that they got uh, from San Diego University of San Diego they're all coming back uh, I did see it was um, sometime I guess uh, on Sunday night that uh, I believe let's see which team was it one of the teams were going to sign and put them on their active roster um, Raymond, Raymond um, uh, Calais and uh, I'll have to look that up, but it was uh he was getting claimed uh by somebody rather than him coming back to the practice squad. So they're going they still have you know, they still have a couple spots left and I mean one of them is gonna go to Josh Rosen, which yeah, it, it, it just it seems to me uh it's not really Josh's fault. I mean he was a guy that had, had some, you know, some questions about, you know, coming out of the UCLA. Um, but he goes to a bad Arizona Cardinals at the time franchise. They they give up on him. I think. Well, Ronnie they had a Amy. new coach came in. I mean, you Kingsbury know, yeah, right. came
1: in and said, hey, we're going with right. uh, Kyler Murray instead.
0: Exactly. So two first rounds in a row, You know, they they draft a quarterback, and Kyler Murray's their guy. So he was the odd man out. And he goes to Miami, and he's the odd man out again as far as young guys go because they get to a, a Tunga And, of course, Ryan Fitzpatrick is there to groom him. So I – Again, I'm not. I've seen Josh. He came here uh, a couple years ago. when he, when he first went to Miami, uh, I guess it was maybe last year or so. Um, yeah, it would have been last year. He came up with the Dolphins and they did some joint workouts, and um, we had a chance to talk to him. Seemed like a bright kid, and you know had a good attitude. And I don't know necessarily that there's bad things about him. Um, it's just a numbers game for them down there. I mean, two is going to be their their future, and Fitzpatrick's going to play. And this is this is like a you can't lose here if you're the bucks right because outside of Brady who we know is not going to play we don't think more than two more years um, but certainly not not a lot more they don't have the, the, the heir apparent to Tom Brady wasn't in the building I mean you know unless unless it was Reed Senate which we wouldn't even begin to know that for several years so here you have a chance to to take a guy who has some you know first round pe- uh, pedigree. You're not paying him because Miami is. They still have money that they have to guarantee him. And he gets, he gets a chance to learn from Tom Brady and sit in the meetings. And you know what? If a team needs him to play, they can. You, know, you can protect so many guys off your practice squad, but come Tuesday um, they can claim him if they want to. But, you know, maybe he finds a starting job or a job with another team where he can play during the season. If not, he's yours, and he's yours for a very cheap price.
1: Look, I, I realize that the Bucks aren't a Harvard education when it comes to quarterbacks, but
0: <laughs> oh, you're learning. Yeah, we've heard that before. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, yeah this, is a, this is a perfect scenario for Josh Rosen, assuming that someone else doesn't come and want to sign him to the active roster. But mm-hmm. you're getting to learn under Bruce Arians and Tom Brady. Right. And, and while you're still getting paid by Miami and, and you're still on your rookie deal, and you've got a chance to resurrect your career, kind of. I mean, you know, there's no question he's got talent. And there's a reason he was drafted as high as he was. And, and, and t- multiple teams have taken a chance on him now. Now, whether it's just numbers games about those teams or if it was something else, time will tell. But much like Jameis going to. To New Orleans, Orleans. where he said, "You know, look, I I want to play under Sean Payton and and learn under Drew Brees, and maybe have an opportunity when Drew Brees moves on, whether it's this season or another season, Mm -hmm. to 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 make my mark there." That's what Josh Rosen is doing here. Because look, Blaine Gabbert's the backup, but he's not the long term plan for Tampa Bay.
0: No, you
1: know, I mean Brady's got two, maybe three years here. You got a shot to cement yourself as being the the quarterback in waiting. You know, much like now, it's not the same scenario, but Aaron Rodgers, who spent several years behind Brett Favre, or yeah. you, know, you know, there's other quarterbacks that Patrick Mahomes, who spent a year behind Alex Smith before uh, taking over in, in, in Kansas City. Now, not the same scenario because they were drafted by those teams, but yeah, but to learn and sit back and 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 show the team that you're that heir apparent, and, and you know, and do it in practice every day, and, and there's a great opportunity for Josh Rosen.
0: It is, and he's reunited with Byron Leftwich, who was. His coordinator for eight games with the Cardinals, of course, before they made the coaching change. And I know Byron, Byron was a big Josh guy. He defended him a lot out there. Um, you know, and, and, and so he, he's familiar with the offense, with BA's offense. It won't be, um, you know, that far removed from, from having run it, you know, just a few years ago. So, I mean, yeah, all, all of this makes sense. And so, you know, once they form the practice squad, um, then they were able to put some players on, on injured, injured uh, the injured list. Uh, receiver John Hurst mm-hmm. um, and a guard, uh, John uh, Mul- Mulchen, uh, went on injury reserve for now. Uh, and that made room for Fournette And for A.Q. Shipley, who they had released after signing, they released him, signed him back. Um, and it's kind of a procedural thing, but he's their backup center slash guard, you know, 14, 15-year vet from the Cardinals. So, yeah, and again, I think, you know usually within a, a few players here or there you could pretty much you know when you mm-hmm. go through a training camp you can predict sort of what what they're doing um but you know i it, it's this team is about like we said it's about now it's 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 a mix of veterans there are some young players they kept the draft picks they kept Tyler Johnson for example who missed pretty much all of training camp with an injury you know soft tissue injury but that's how much they believed in him, and that's why they mm-hmm. drafted him in the fifth round. Um, and, and, you know, that, that's not surprising. They kept the Vander, you know, Vanderbilt running back, um, you know, Keyshawn Vaughn, who had kind of a late start to training camp with COVID, and it didn't do very well. had a fumble in the scrimmage. But, again, they liked his upside. It's just not a year where those guys are going to have a chance to really prove to, prove to anybody mm-hmm. what they can do. And so they'll they'll be on the roster. They'll work out every day, and, and if you need them um, after they get their feet wet and some experience in the NFL, um, maybe you can turn to them down the road. But uh, they're you know they're going to be inactive on Sundays for now, that's for sure. And yet uh, you know, and yet they, they like those guys enough to still keep them on on the roster. So interesting interesting weekend of uh, of cuts.
1: One more thing with Josh Rosen. By the way, Raymond Calais signed with the Rams.
0: He did um, the Rams. Okay, thanks.
1: But. Um, with Josh Rosen, is in this year of COVID, you now have three quarterbacks with significant NFL playing experience. That's right. Not just – you know your third guy isn't just some young guy that's never seen the field, Ryan Griffin, for many years. Right. It, you now have Brady and Gabbert and now Josh Rosen, assuming he's not picked up by somebody. But you've got three quarterbacks now if – let's say the quarterback room gets covid or whatever I mean, you know we've and, and Bruce Herring just talked about possibly the keeping a quarterback out of the room
0: and and he may be it mm-hmm. yeah
1: could yeah i mean you know so that gives you even more depth in, in in the age that we're in you know this year where you could lose a couple quarterbacks in one week if if covid hits your room possibly so it gives you just more depth there at, a, at the most important position in football
0: In fact, uh, along those lines, Josh McCown, of course we know former quarterback here and about seven other teams, um, he is going to go ahead and and be on the practice squad of the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, this is a guy who's going to – I believe his plans are to coach high school football. I know he's Um, staying
1: in Texas. uh, Yeah. And he'll be doing virtual meetings and things like that.
0: Right. But there there, there you go. You know, that's that's sort of – Sort of the idea that uh, you have a guy who's apart you know, from the facility. That um, if you needed to activate him, if your whole quarterback room came down with COVID, um, you have someone who's familiar with your system and stays uh, on top of things. But he doesn't have to physically be there. And and um, you know, so it is and, that. I make
1: twelve thousand a week doing that. I mean, sign me totally up.
0: Nothing, not bad. Yeah, I have a couple of meetings for twelve grand a week. I mean, he's a quick study anyway. He knows what he's doing. So one of the one of my favorite guys, it's it's true, he was only here what was it one year, I guess. Um, and started, you know, remember the the crying game, you know, it was one and eight, one and eight, and got emotional and everything. But um one of the nicest guys, one of the most interesting guys and one of the most knowledgeable guys, remember, he quit football, he was finally done and retired with football and was on ESPN as one of their top analysts and then decided to to jump back in it, you know, when there was a bunch of injuries and whatnot. Um, and here he is, you know, still, still doing football after all these years. So what a career that guy's had.
1: Spring, is that you? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S Code SUPER24.
0: All right. Meanwhile, uh, some, some big news, of course, on Saturday. The Lightning learned who they would play. It's the New York Islanders. They won Game 7 over the Philadelphia Flyers. And I don't know, Steve. Is is this a better matchup you think for the Lightning, or 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 not? Because well, they lost to Philadelphia, you know, in the round robin phase of the playoffs.
1: They did, and and Philly jumped out quickly, and then Hedman got hurt, and it kind of felt like the air went out of that game, and and That's that true. game didn't really mean a lot. I it didn't mean, it, matter the yeah. first seed, but you had already clinched a top two seed at that point. So correct. Um, you know, you know, I don't know what you take of that. I mean, the, the Lightning beat the the Flyers, uh, I think, twice in the regular season. Mm-hmm. Um, they were good games. They were high-scoring games for the most part. I mean, They're two different teams. The Flyers are more of an offensive-minded, high-scoring team. Up and, and, and down the ice. Yeah, and the yeah. Islanders play more you – know, some people say boring hockey, but it's more responsible hockey. It's kind of what the Lightning are trying to become and, and mm-hmm. have transitioned to – they're a much more responsible hockey team, and so they don't score as much on the other end because they're taking care of the defensive side of the ice before they go to the offensive side of the ice. So I don't – Look, I mean, the Islanders don't have as many weapons as the Flyers do right. um, to put up a ton of goals, although they do have weapons. It's not like and, – and unlike Boston, they have more than one line, although they don't have a line nearly as good as Bergeron and Marchand and, and Pasternak. But Matthew Barzell is a star. They've been rotating their goalies between Semyon Varlamov and Thomas Grice. So, um, you know, Varlamov seems to be getting most of the action, but um, – Thomas Grice won game seven for them. So, you know, we'll see who they they start, uh, you know, as far as on the back end there. But look, this is coached by Barry Trotz. Barry Trotz may be the best coach in the NHL. Um, He took an Islanders team two years ago that uh, was a mess defensively, lost John Tavares to free agency to the Maple Leafs, Mm -hmm. and immediately made them one of the best defensive teams in the NHL within the, the first season while losing a star player. Um, and they've only gotten better this year, which now they're in the, the Eastern Conference Finals for the first time since, what, 1993 that they, they've made yeah, it this the, far? Yeah, they're so. the
0: longest. I think it's the longest that an NHL team has been between, uh, you know, before getting mm-hmm. to a to a um, a conference final. But,
1: you know, you remember Barry Trotz from two years ago with the, sure. the Washington Capitals, Capitals and he led them to the Stanley Cup and why the Capitals ever let him get away I do not know. And they've now fired their replacement coach, Todd Reardon, after this season. Yeah. but. It's going to be a more of a grind it out series, which I think. The, look, mm-hmm. I, if anything, the Lightning have shown you
0: they can play they play Boston you clubs. Play.
1: We'll yeah. play however you want to play. We can, you know, you want to yeah. grind it out, fine. You want to get in a shootout, we can do that too. Um, mm-hmm. The Lightning are not shy about playing that sandpaper, gritty game now, and, and with a right. lot of the additions, and we've talked about it from Pat Maroon and Kevin Shattenkirk and and Goodrow and Coleman and Bogosian and. You know, they're a very different team now. You know, I've said all along the Islanders were one of the matchups I didn't want to face. I would have rather probably faced Philadelphia, but I I don't think, you know, the Islanders aren't a team they can beat. They're going to be Mm -hmm. the favorites going in. Um, You know, the Lightning have enough depth to challenge that defensive style of the Islanders. You know, you can't have your top defensive pairs out there the whole game. And the Lightning have enough lines, three lines that can score, you know, pretty regularly when given opportunities, so... Um, it should be a good series. You know, I don't think it's going to be a sweep or anything. I think it's probably going to go six, maybe seven games. Um, if you know one of the goalies gets hot, maybe it could be over in five. But uh, I, I look for a really good series. It's going to be an intense series. Um, like I said, it's going to be it's going to be a lot of working through tight spaces. You're not going to have a lot of space on the ice. You know, but the Lightning got good news too that Kucherov will be playing in Game One.
0: Yeah, that is great. That's 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 very important.
1: Uh, Yeah. Now, Steven Stamkos though is out for the series, according to John Cooper. John Cooper yeah. said he wasn't even skating the other day in practice. So, um,
0: although Julian Breesbar has not ruled him out for for the Stanley, if they were to go to the Stanley Cup final, and
1: I think right now, if everything played out, if all these series went to seven games, both the Eastern and Western Conference, I think the Stanley Cup ends up about October third or fourth. So we're talking four weeks. Mm-hmm. that's a long time i mean you know depending yeah. on where he is in his rehab so you know could he make it back by a game seven of the stanley cup possibly i mean I, you know the hard part is is there's no media at practice so no one has any idea what's going what are you on doing? i mean you yeah. know normally the media gets to attend practice and they can you know see well he, he's you know skating with the black aces or he's in a red non-contact jersey or you know you name the 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 different you know what you can see from a practice i mean you know when it came to phase three and four when they were right before they left for toronto stamkos was practicing mostly just with the power play and was otherwise on the ice before and you know after but not during practice itself and you know so we knew those kind of things we don't know any of that information at this point
0: i wonder you know obviously the lightning were were happy to clinch and, and glad to do it when they did um they didn't anticipate maybe having this many days off mm-hmm. at what point does does rest now become rust because you know the other team while stretched to seven games and and um, you know whatever the fatigue that comes with that they're still more in a play mode where you got to mm-hmm. crank it up again so is this is this now a negative that they've been off this long
1: look i'll always take rest over you know in the the chance of some rust or some slow start Right. over extending your series to seven games. Tyler Johnson talked about this early on in, in, in this playoff run. If you remember back to 2015 when they went to the Stanley Cup final and lost in six games to the uh, Blackhawks, they went seven games against Detroit in the first round. They went six games against Montreal in the second round. They went seven games against New York in the Eastern Conference finals. So by the time they got to the Stanley Cup final, they had already played 20 games out of a possible 21. Wow! And then they ended up playing, you know, six out of seven in the finals. So they played 26 in the most playoff games you could play is 28. Now this year is a little different because of all the circumstances. But in a normal year, and Tyler Johnson talked about, by the time we got to the Stanley Cup final, we were beat up. Yeah. And, and maybe players were playing. I mean, Tyler Johnson, well, his wrist had a big problem, and, and you know there were so many players that were they were playing, but they weren't near 100. percent They were beat up. And the more games you play at this point, and granted, everyone came in relatively fresh. I mean, there's a few little injuries, but for the most part, teams are fresh. But the more games you play, the more dinged up you are, the more the more issues you have, and, and maybe you're playing, but you're not a hundred percent. And so, the more rest you get, it's better for your team.
0: Yeah, overall, uh, it has to be.
1: You know, I mean, yeah. had they played early, say the Islanders clinched it earlier last week, the Flyers ended up winning a couple games. Maybe Kucherov wasn't available for game one. We don't mm-hmm. know. Right. Um, You know, so could there be a little rust or a slow start? Possibly. This team's been through it enough and they're practicing this time. This isn't like the bye week. You know, we've talked about sometimes the lightning come off these stretches of, you know, these breaks and a little slow and the the passes aren't quite tape to tape and they're just not quite in sync. But when you do an all-star break or you do the, the bye week or the Christmas break or, you know, you name those breaks we always talk about. You're not practicing. You're, you know, you're away from the team for three, four, five, six days. In this case, they've had a couple of days off, but they're practicing still. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they're not on the ice. It's not like they're getting their legs back under them, things like that. So, I mean, could they see a slow start? Sure. But if you remember back to the Columbus series, the Lightning played the three round Robin games. Columbus went five games with Toronto in that first round with several overtimes in there. And granted, in the Columbus Lightning series, the first game goes to five overtimes, which is just, you know, crazy unthinkable and incredible but by game three of that series the Blue Jackets had no legs left right I mean you know game two went to overtime and and or it was a close game and the Lightning won but by game three which ended up being the Lightning's best game the Blue Jackets had no legs left they were beat
0: caught up to them yeah
1: you know it took a couple games but that 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 wear and tear on you can catch up to you particularly if you start Mm -hmm. getting overtime games in 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 postseason so Right. Yes, maybe a week off. You know, maybe you'd like four or five days. A week's probably a little more than you'd like, but yeah. I'll take it over playing a seven-game tough series any day.
0: This is sort of the uh, the equivalent um, when you get these situations like in the NFL. It, it always seems that you know the playoffs start and it's a wild card round, right? So you get all the wild card teams playing against each other, or maybe against the lowest division winning team, what have you. And everybody watches those games because they're the only games on TV and everybody goes, "Whoa. Whoa, boy, watch out for this wild card, you know, uh these guys, you know, they're going to they're going to they're going to be trouble. They're going to be a tough out." And what you forget is the other team is is off because they're better. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, they they've earned their they've earned that time off. They've earned the bye week and they're healing up while you're playing another you're playing more games. And so that's the point you're making is that every time you go on the ice, you're going to get the bumps and bruises and sometimes worse right while the other guys are getting healthier and i will take health over you know over just you know the momentum of, of maybe you know cuz they get they get back in it pretty quick i mean this they played a lot of hockey mm-hmm. um could it cost them a game perhaps but not likely the best team's going to win a seven game series and we know that that's why it's seven games so i'm with you i think if you can get time off this time of year Victor Hedman, who was playing with a bum ankle. You know, there's just so many guys out there with things that, that sometimes we're not even aware well, of. Ryan he can McDonough only missed some them. time in the last Ryan series. Ryan McDonough, you know? yeah, yeah. I
1: mean, he came back and played game five, but you, yeah, know, you don't know example. if he was 100%. So, hey, the more rest right. you get, the better off it's going to be. And, you know, the Lightning also moved venues, so now they're no longer in Toronto.
0: Finally, yeah. They've,
1: you know, after 40-some days, they get a different view out their hotel room window.
0: <laughs> it's got to be so good, man. Uh, or maybe, maybe it won't be as good. I don't yeah, know, well. but... Yeah, I mean, they did pretty
1: well in Toronto, so let's not knock it. But,
0: That's true. Um,
1: yeah, so, I mean, Lightning on, you know. And the other advantage, too, is so the Lightning Saturday went over to Edmonton,
0: mm-hmm. and they
1: had to wait for the Western Conference, the two teams that didn't advance to the Western Conference, to leave the hotel and that to go over there. That's why they could. They, otherwise, you would have rather gone over early. Sure. But the Islanders now, meanwhile, win on Saturday night. They win late, game seven. They've mm-hmm. got to travel to Edmonton the next day, and then they're playing tonight.
0: Yeah, You know, so that's, that's, right. that's
1: a really short turnaround for them. And not not that hockey players aren't used to that, but, you know, it's, it's just a very short turnaround. And, you know, you may not notice things in game one, but possibly as you get to game three and four and five, you may see some extra wear and tear on the Islanders you don't see on the Lightning.
0: That's correct. Yeah, I'll catch up to them. Uh, in the Western Conference Final, Dallas won their first game one against Las Vegas, 1-0. Mm-hmm. Um, so.
1: Yeah, the, the Dallas Stars who have been so high-scoring in this playoffs, in Vegas, who we know has a high-potent offense, uh, ends up one nothing. It's just as everyone predicted, correct?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. A shootout of 1-0. Uh, okay, let's wrap it up a little bit here on this Labor Day uh, special edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay with the Tampa Bay Rays, who just keep rolling and uh, the Yankees are not. Um, the Yankees, I believe, were swept by the Baltimore Oils. Uh, over the weekend, it's about and, time somebody
1: uh, else had problems with the Orioles instead of just know, the Rays. Right? <laughs> <It's>
0: so true. <laughs> Orioles can hit, man. They 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 may make the playoffs. I mean, they're they're knocking on the door. That's for sure. Right now, right now
1: they're the ninth team in the AL. Yeah. So they'd yeah, be incredible. out of the playoffs, but they're only two games behind the Yankees, where the eighth are the eighth team.
0: Crazy, crazy that, season.
1: If if the playoffs ended today, I believe the Rays would play the Yankees. Yeah. With the playoffs started today, because the Yankees I, are the well, last. I'll tell team.
0: you. I'd feel better about that than if I was a Rays fan than if they were playing Toronto, because <laughs> or Baltimore. Toronto's, yeah, or Baltimore because they those guys seem to have their number. They're they're playing play, very very well, and now the Blue Jays are in second place. But, um, not not the best start by Tyler Glass. Now it was weird. You know, he he kind of was all over the place with his with his control early on. He said after the game he was having migraines. Um, were having a, a bunch of headaches to the point where. His vision was sort of affected by it. He goes, I don't want make, make, make excuses, although he sat up there and made every excuse. Um, but, uh, you know, after a while, once he got out there, he said, you just kind of forgot about it. Um, and he settled down, and he got him into the sixth inning, which was good. And they, they had to the home of their way. How about this kid, Randy Orazarena? I mean... I mean this guy can play now. I I've watched baseball long enough, Steve, and it may be, maybe maybe he had a good day. Everybody has a good day or two, and, so, and of course when you're in the majors it's about you know, can you can you do it day in day out um over the course of a long season, not just the 60 game version. But but I mean, he hit two home runs, so we know he's got a little bit of power. He can run. Um we saw that on the bases. Uh, and, and he's you know he's he's a pretty good uh, pretty good fielder as as you know and a good athlete so they just added another you know perfect Rays like player mm-hmm. um, with this trade and you made the point before we went on the podcast this is the guy they really wanted from From the uh, the Cardinals, right?
1: Well, that's the reason they gave up Matthew Libitor, one of their best pitching prospects. Yeah. Is you know, I mean, Jose Martinez was nice to have, and they had hoped that he would contribute to the team, and he did a little bit while he's here. and Now they've Brighton they've traded him, yeah. kind of to make room for a Rosarina. But a Rosarina was the, the guy they wanted in this trade. That's the one they right. were targeting, and and you know, really saw was you know going to be with this team for a while in their future, or yeah. what they'd hoped. So, um, and you know, we're already in just a couple games. He's been up here. We're already seeing why.
0: Yeah, no, he he was very impressive, and um, you know Blake Snell lost the one game in the series, got in a little bit of trouble in one inning. Uh, other than that, he he threw the ball okay. Uh, we'll see more of Charlie Morton as they build his innings back up. But you know it's so funny, like when when we started this abbreviated the sixty game sprint, and everybody's like, "Well, it's a sprint," you know, and and yet you know the season starts or the regular season starts, and you're like. Yeah, well, they've lost a couple games and can't can't lose too many because it's a short season. Boy, is it a short season. I mean, they have a magic number now. What is it, like 13?
1: So if I was just calculating it on the fly right before we started, but the Yankees would be the eighth team in the, the playoffs, and so Baltimore and Detroit are tied for ninth. Mm-hmm. But Detroit can actually, because they've played less games, they can get to more wins. So Detroit can get to 40 wins. So, in other words, for the Rays to get to 41 wins, it's 13 as their magic number with 19
0: games. Wow. To play. That's crazy. And I mean, you look at the calendar, and it's like, yeah, three weeks, season's over.
1: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we're 41 out of 60 in for the Rays. That's, you're in early August now in a normal yeah. regular season. I mean, this, you know, you're now coming it's into the, fast. the trade deadline would have already passed. Uh, although, not, yeah. So yeah, you're are right around the trade end. They moved it a couple years ago, but so you're right. getting, you know, you're getting close to that. I mean, you're getting close to September now. I mean, it's this is a pennant race at this point.
0: Mhm. With 19 yeah, I mean, to go. It's, it's just so fast and, and I mean, look, they've been the best team in the American League. The Dodgers have been the best team in the National League. I don't know if they can sustain it. There's no reason to think they can't. Um they come from behind. This team has grit. I mean, this team you know, finds a way to hang in games and, and again they played the tiebreaker. They fell behind a run there uh in the tenth inning and then mm-hmm. G Mon Choi, um, you know, gets a big double and, and gets things going. Eventually, um, you know, it was Brandon Lau who hit the sacrifice fly to win it for the Rays. But they they've had they've had a number of these extra inning games, a number, a ton of come from behind victories. So they're a resilient bunch, man, and, and they all They all contribute. You know, it's the sum of their parts. You may not have that big superstar, and in fact, there's a lot of guys that are kind of scuffling along. I mean, Austin Meadows is lost at the plate, by the way. You know, I played this game at a a fairly high level, but I'm telling you, there is nothing worse. (laughs) I know where Austin Meadows is right now (laughs) is a dark, dark place (laughs) because... When you get up there and you're struggling the way he is, and make no mistake, he is struggling. I mean, you could see sawdust coming out of his hands if he grips that bat any tighter. Um, But when he's up there, what happens is, first of all, you're always 0-2. It's just when you're in a slump, and you have something to do with that, by the way, but you're always 0-2. So you'll start swinging at pitches that are just not and they're not strikes. you You lose sort of the command of your strike zone, and so you're a little anxious, and you start swinging at pitches that, or down in the dirt, or off the plate, and so you're, you're in the hole. Then, for whatever reason, and it's inexplicable, folks, you'll stand up there, and you'll take one right down the middle. Like, you know, you just don't understand why you couldn't pull the trigger. It was just like it was right there, and you knew you should swing, and you didn't. Um, and then then finally, um, sometimes when you're going really bad, you'll get the pitch you want, and and you'll just swing through it. Like, you're just they'll just beat you with it. They'll beat you with a fastball over the middle of the plate. When those three things happen, when you take strikes that are good pitches, swing at balls off the plate that are bad pitches, and then just get beat with the pitches that you know are coming, <laughs> I mean, you virtually you might as well forget it. Like that's the, you know that that's when you just want to quit, and that's where Austin Meadows is right now. I guess the good news is he really can't look any more uncomfortable than he does right now at the plate. So. If he ever starts coming around, they'll really have something. They'll have another bat because they're winning without him.
1: Well, I was going to say uh, that's the only good thing if you're Austin Meadows is as dark of a place as it is and as bad as your, your, team's, your team's winning. winning. So yeah. you know, it, you know, it's when you're you know one of the offensive studs and you're struggling and your team's losing. That's got to be a well, lot of hurts.
0: Worse. Yeah. The other thing that happens in all that scenario I just painted is that every time you come up, yes, there are men on base. <laughs> i mean it's it's third base with nobody out, one out you know it's like it just make contact the infield's in you know sack fly here or there, and you can't even you can't even get a walk like and that's that's the way I always used to go back to it like when you when you're in those struggles like that, and he is one in one um the best thing you can do is try to take your walk, you know what I mean like try to try to stay up there as long as you can and forces see as many pitches as you can. And just sort of organize your strike zone because, you you know, if you can get on base, you know, if you can do anything to help your team offensively because you're not doing it swinging. <laughs> so, um, you know, start seeing more pitches, try to figure a way out around to this. But it, I'm telling you, man, baseball it will just eat you alive. That's why it's a failure sport, right? I mean, you, the, the greatest player, you know, they'll call you a Hall of Famer if you fail seven out of ten times, just seven out of ten times and uh that's a lot of failure for for the most successful baseball players but yeah just uh, it was it was hard watching him man he and he's you know everybody else is is going pretty well in that lineup but um man he's he's really i guess uh Willie Adamas has been striking out a little bit too lately he's kind of he's a different player at home which is weird to me like you put Willie Adamas on the road and he he's like he's like a 500 hitter or something and then something about him getting back in the trap with or without fans it doesn't seem to matter um, kind of plays two games there. So, But, yeah, the Rays are in good shape, and um, here we go. You know, the Lightning mm-hmm. Eastern Conference yeah. Finals. The Rays, number one team in the American League. The Bucks getting ready to host – or not host, but getting ready to travel to New Orleans to play mm-hmm. the Saints with Tom Brady yeah. and, and mean, Rob Gronkowski.
1: And meanwhile, college football's back. I know you were a little disappointed Saturday night as yeah, my wife's was Memphis Tigers one. beat your Arkansas State –
0: Red wolves, uh, yeah, Red wolves. I'm glad you didn't um, call me out for like a wager on that one because I, you probably could have taken some money from me. Not that I bet on <sighs> I football, should have. But, I was
1: thinking about it, but I didn't.
0: But I thought they had a chance because you know Arkansas State's their program's come a long way. Of course, Memphis mm-hmm. was very very good a year ago. Well, their um, quarterback's
1: back too. Brady White's really good.
0: Brady White's really good, and they lost their head coach to Florida State, obviously. But mm-hmm. it's a Memphis is a really good program now in the AAC. They're solid. Yeah, it's it's
1: pretty much the last few years been, you know, Memphis, uh, UCF,
0: mm -hmm. Houston once in a while, Houston,
1: and Cincinnati's really come on now with Luke Fickle. That's Um, right. You know, there's some strong teams in the AAC. I mean, Desmond Howard picked Cincinnati to be in the Final Four this year. Right. Which I couldn't believe. I mean, I'd love to see that as a Bearcat, but...
0: Yeah, it's hard to imagine. Although, with only three,
1: three conferences of the five playing, it helps, but...
0: Well, yeah, you got a chance if you're not a Power Five conference, and there's been good teams. And of course, UCF's the national champions from a few years ago. Oh, I forgot recall. about
1: that. Yeah, I forgot about that one. <laughs>
0: there's a yeah license plates to prove it, but um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, I was disappointed. It was deflating. It was at the Liberty Bowl. I guess it was a, what they used to call the Liberty Bowl in Memphis, mm-hmm. which I've been to. Um, kind of looks like a. a, a Uh, like an old sombrero. I was going to say, it kind of looks like, you know,
1: I was never at the the sombrero here, but it kind of, the pictures. It's almost the same construction.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's the first thing I noticed when I went there. It's like, wow, this is like a a replica of the old sombrero. Um, But no fan, limited fans. There's very few fans. It's going to be very few fans and, you know, around the NFL too, by the way. I believe this is true and I I, I have to confirm it, but you know, the, the Kansas City Chiefs, they kick off the National Football League on Thursday. Three nights. Year. We're three nights three, from, we're three from three NFL nights football. Away. It's crazy, right? And, you know, it snuck up on us because everything else is going on. The NHL, obviously, in the Stanley Cup uh, playoffs, baseball. Kentucky Derby up. was Saturday. I mean, Kentucky Derby was Saturday, right? Um, you have NBA finals. U.S. Uh, Open's going
1: on in tennis. and
0: Yeah, I mean, literally everything. And, you, and the thing is, nobody has seen actually seen anybody play football there's no there's been no preseason games right mm-hmm. um i know it's happening because i go to practice every day and i i've seen i've seen tom brady i will get to see i'm in a weird position I'm mean, like I'm a historical observer right now you know when you think <laughs> about it like I'm the guy that gets to go to the Kennedy Space Center and see you know John Glenn take off from the cape because no one else is you know is going to see the first game that tom brady plays for the bucks in person unless you're you know, a media member or somebody part of the organization or something like that. And then the same will be true for his first home game. But I will be there. I get to witness history. Um, not the way I wanted to, because I think it's going to be weird without fans anywhere they go. Um, you know, and the Bucks hope maybe, you know, by the time they get to November, uh, the numbers will change and they can get some people there, um, you know, for the Green Bay Packers game. But what I was going to say is, like, I had heard that the Chiefs wanted to play with 17,000 fans. And I think the league might have dialed that back to about twenty five hundred. Like, there's not going to be enough fans at Arrowhead to really, you know, really pan the pan the cameras on on the crowd because um, it's going to be most mostly empty. And you know, so all of that is 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 just kind of it just kind of snuck up on us because we've not seen one preseason game. We've not seen, um, you know, all these other leagues are playing in tournaments, so to speak um so yeah it's here patrick mahomes against the sean watson who signed an enormous contract what was it four years 160 million dollars
1: that's not enormous look at patrick mahomes
0: well yeah i mean 40 million for this kid i yeah, granted yeah i would take mahomes but mahomes at least has won a super bowl no, i'm
1: saying mahomes got what 400 million
0: yeah something like that 160 100 that's chump change well yeah i i suppose between you and me i think i could get by on It's that's about it. what I mean, we
1: make on this podcast right
0: Close to it, if we combine them and multiply it by a hundred thousand, yeah. The uh, uh, Deshaun Watson though is a great story. They had his family on Zoom when he uh, he was up there talking about his contract. He got real emotional. That was pretty cool watching that go viral on social media. And of course, you know the story. He was um, one of the many, many, many uh, part of a family with single mother. Uh, that worked on mm-hmm. his home for the holidays program uh i think deshaun was nine or ten years old and there's great photos of it and yep. uh, dunn came into uh, where they were from in georgia i believe and you know did the whole home homes for the holiday you know provided the down payment got a bunch of people to furnish the place and you know and here he is now in the nfl nfl with a chance to kind of pay it forward uh, and he will. He's a, he's a really good player. He's a, he's a really good player. He's a clutch player. Should have been drafted way before he was. Uh, I'm not sure what Houston's doing with Bill O'Brien. I I'm I think Bill O'Brien's a really good coach, and but they also gave him the GM title. And when you when you trade DeAndre Hopkins for you know a bag of footballs, I mean, because it, it, it's personal or there's some rift between you and him. I don't like that uh, overall. But um, but Deshaun's a really good player and. Um, you know, I I it's good to see good people, you know, get rewarded for their not just their hard work, but you know, you know he's going to do great things with that money, even though it's chump change as you say compared to Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> but pretty good opener though. Kansas City hosting um, you know, the Houston Texans in that one, so that'll that'll be fun. And then Well,
1: you remember the playoff comeback last year? I mean, the Texans had the lead against the Oh yeah.
0: Oh or, yeah, or, they did.
1: The Chiefs. I mean, well, of course Chiefs fell behind against everybody pretty much in the playoffs and then
0: They did. They did. Yeah, but I think it was 21 points against the Texans, Yeah, I'm not yeah, I
1: believe it was Yeah, it was like 20 points to every team, I think. Yeah. Titans yeah.
0: and... Right. Yeah. I not seem was, to bother
1: them. Yeah, I mean, J.J. Watt was talking about that during the Kentucky Derby. They interviewed him prior to that. Mm-hmm. Mike Tirico mm-hmm. did on NBC. and
0: Wish they could have finished the deal. Yep. And then uh, just a few days after that, uh, you were less than a week away from the Bucks at New Orleans, mm-hmm. The the four... Four o'clock game, uh, the big national TV game. Yep, it's going to be on Fox. We got Troy Aikman, we've got uh, Joe Buck, we have got Aaron Andrews. This is the A team, folks. We're going to see a lot of the A team this year.
1: Yes, we will. And USF so, uh, plays on Saturday at Raymond James Stadium. They so. do,
0: they do. That that snuck up on us too. Yeah,
1: no fans for them for Citadel, and then they'll be at Notre Dame next Saturday. So,
0: right, they got a, th- a, a three game series with Notre Dame over the next couple of years, mm-hmm. and Jeff Scott making his debut. So. They were picked. By the way, they were picked for last in that conference, which I thought was odd.
1: I just don't know if there's enough talent on the team yet. I mean, I think I think Jeff Scott's a good coach, and it'll go in the right direction. Um, Yeah, I mean they may only
0: win four or five games. I grant you that.
1: I I think what people were. I mean, the AAC's. You know, so many of the teams have gotten better the last few seasons, and I just don't know if USF has enough talent yet. Um, You know, we'll we'll see how you know what Jeff Scott does this year, but. You know, I don't anticipate them to, to battle for the top of the conference, but you hope maybe you know middle of the pack for this year and, and building towards next season and the year after that.
0: Yeah, I think they're I think they're going to be better than East Carolina and Tulsa, but I, who knows? Maybe they, you know maybe they are not. But I, I still I have faith that uh, he's going to win four or five games and, and probably not finish in the cellar. I mean, the media always great.
1: you know you, I mean Jeff Scott's a first time coach, mm-hmm. they don't know him. You know, it, right. so in those scenarios, they generally will pick them lower than you think. Oh, sure. Or yeah. than, than they they could possibly end up. And it's you know those media members just don't know him, and and they don't have a track record with him either. So,
0: right, yeah, it might be good news to uh, to be under the radar like that. Mm-hmm. and See what USF can do. So, so we got a a, a crazy busy packed week coming up. Of course, leading you into uh, you know the Bucks uh, a week from well next Sunday. Uh, and we're going to have a chance. We're getting into our regular season week now with the Buccaneers. They'll start. Players come back on Tuesday, which is normally their day off, but they gave them the weekend off, three-day weekend with Labor Day today. They'll come back tomorrow, and uh, we'll go go through the week right up until they leave on Saturday. Tom Brady is going to do his press conferences on Thursday. The team is practicing in the morning, which is a little different. They're going to go not as early as they do now or have been going for training camp. They're going to go at 11 a.m., um, still not quite as hot as as it used to be. They used to go about one o'clock, and they do their interviews afterwards, which is nice. So um, Brady will go on Thursdays as well. I think both coordinators will have a chance to talk to them. Will they practice Bruce indoors Arings? all
1: this week, knowing I, that I they're playing you know, at, at, the, at the? It's um, a great Superdome? question.
0: I I I don't have an answer for that. I, I would think I would think they'll probably have at least one or two just to get them out of the heat and mm-hmm. and also like you said because they're playing on turf. Um But by the same token, I, I mean, I think because of injuries, um, because of a lot of things, they they prefer to be outside, mm-hmm. you know, and then a week from now, they got to be outside when they host Carolina. but um, but yeah, I, I, I would expect what they did last year was regardless of the weather, Fridays usually the the, the walk through and the Friday practice, which is a little quicker practice, was always indoors because that gets them out of the heat on Friday. Um, they're not really in and on Saturday, they do the walkthroughs inside. And then, you know, of course, then they play the game. They travel Saturday and play the game on Sunday. So um, they'll give them time to get hydrated again. Because that's the thing. Like, people don't realize, like, if you're just practicing this stuff, yeah, it, it should be your advantage, you know, because uh, you're used to it, because you live in it. It's more of a mental thing. But your physiology is, the fact of the matter is, if you're out there every day, you're losing fluids. And you can't put them back in you in 24 hours. You need more time than that. Uh, and these other teams, while the sun is is difficult, at least they come in here and they're not sucking down more IVs than you. They're, they're hydrated from wherever they come from. So that's something that I, I think Bruce Arians and the sports science guys have done a pretty good job of monitoring because I just always thought the Bucks were on the wrong side of that whole heat argument. So, But it is here, man. Football is back. The NFL is back this week. College football, of course, was back over the weekend. And every damn thing is going on with uh, with hockey and baseball and all of that. So should be a great week. Got okay, anything else? Hope you guys have a happy and very safe Labor Day. For Steve Verstink, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. We'll talk to you tomorrow.